Welcome to Walking the Wizard's Path, an exploration of the Western occult tradition via meditation. I'm your host, Brad Sun. Episode 16 Job for a Dead Coworker. When I ran my meditations in person, I would ask, Did anyone have anything to share? Everyone behaved as if they were in a high school dance. No one said a thing, and I had no idea if anyone was getting anything out of it. One day I got sick of the silence, and I forced every person to share what they were experiencing. And on that day, everything changed. There was a range of experiences. Some picked up fleeting images they had no familiarity with. Others had full-blown visions that shook them to the core. Folks in class learned what they were experiencing was not the random firings of neurons. What they learned was they were having a shared visionary experience. What I learned was I was not wasting my time. When I started writing these podcasts, I wasn't sure if folks listening would have similar results. I still don't. Therefore, I'm going to ask you to share your experiences and questions wherever you find the podcast. You can also message me at Twitter, at Wizard's Path. I remember walking Manhattan 20-odd years ago. At the time, I had started walking my magical path. I saw my former manager on the street. He told me a co-worker had died of cancer. I found myself giving him a hug. The person who died was not a particularly pleasant person to work with, and her demise did not create any newfound feelings of compassion or deep understanding. I wonder if she gave the hospital staff a hard time in her final days. Probably. Nonetheless, I decided to use my skills to ensure that she would make her connection beyond. In my meditation space, I banished, evoked the archangels, and then I evoked her. She appeared and was like, What the hell are you doing in Deadland? You do priest stuff? I told her I freelance. I told her I was going to call her ancestors, the ones she was on good terms with, who will help her on the rest of her journey. She will be happier to see them than me. Death is like sex. During it, there are folks you definitely don't want to see. I told her if there was any unfinished business, she needs to take care of it, get it done, and leave town. I knew once her ancestors showed up, she would be guided through the death process. I called, they came, and my small part was done. I don't view what is commonly viewed as ghosts as possessing all the faculties of the living. I view that conception as problematic. I don't view the self as a singular entity. It is a composite of various elemental selves. Upon death, that which binds the various selves together is unbound, and they go their separate ways. There is also a commonly held conception that everyone has a soul, often implying a lofty or virtuous self. If I am going to be brutally honest, if you aren't lofty or virtuous in this life, you aren't in your death. Folks don't want to hear this, but when you die, your personality gets mulched. All your love and hates, desires and hopes and fears into the compost pile. I'm of the opinion that what remains of folks when they die is their lower emotional self, divorced from intellect, will, body, and spirit. Without a higher self to guide it, it will focus on its desires and cravings, but it won't be able to because you need a physical body to do that. With no intellect to tell it it can't, it will do the same behaviors on repeat, growing more hungry, unsatisfied, and confused. What happens when that spirit meets a sympathetic, well-meaning living person? That spirit will latch on and attempt to satisfy its wants through that individual, and if it succeeds, it will become a parasite. When I see people who are triggered to have the same emotions over and over again, mechanically, like a record player, 
It is generally a sign to me that something has latched on and is feeding. They have become a feeding station. So no, I am not sympathetic to wayward spirits. And no, I don't think they have the same rights as the living, especially if they are causing harm to the living, even if the living are encouraging that behavior out of well-meaning ignorance. So before you decide you want to help the dead based off some TV shows, Hollywood movies, or deeply held religious sentiments, I strongly suggest you look at your own motivations. We are going to examine your relationship with spirits. That is the focus of today's meditation. I want you to find some place quiet where you will be left alone for 20 minutes. Do not meditate at your work desk where you watch TV, play video games, or do any other task. Pick a spot that is only used for this practice. And do not meditate while driving. Close your eyes. Make sure your spine is straight. Place your hands on your thighs with your palms up. Take a breath in, then exhale. Bring your awareness to your physical body. Notice any discomfort, tightness, or aches. If there are any, acknowledge them. Place your mind in that spot. Take a breath, then exhale. Allow the body to be still. If any thoughts arise, observe them and allow them to pass. If any memories arise, observe them and also allow them to pass. walk into the bar of a very old hotel. There are some old timers at the bar. They are fixtures here. You tell them you're here to see the ghost hunter group. One of them yells, Zora, Stu, we got a new one. A short woman in her 60s appears from the back room. She has an air of mystery about her. She is accompanied by a boyish looking man in his 40s. He carries some sort of device, a box with switches and knobs, and decals from various heavy metal bands. You are directed to a private corner away from the prying eyes of the old-timers. Zora assesses you. Stu speaks. Not everyone is fit for this line of work. Zora is a talented medium. She will read your mind as I ask you questions about the spirit realm. He switches on the device and sets it on the table before you. It is something like a white noise generator. It fills the space with white noise. You close your eyes, and as you do so, you see white noise static. How receptive are you to the spirit realm? Zora speaks. I see a time you were surrounded by many spirits. The white noise forms an image. The image is a memory. Allow this memory to come into clear focus. What do you see?
once again you hear Zora's voice. They return! The machine is powered down. You open your eyes and see the old timers looking at you. They haven't had this much fun since the election. Stu turns the machine back on, and once again the room fills with white noise. You close your eyes. What is the highest good you can do in the spirit realm? Zora chimes in. The highest good! The white noise forms an image. What do you see? You hear Zora's voice. You have been given a sign. The machine is powered down. The old timers have lost interest in you and gone back to watching TV. Stu turns the machine back on, and the room once again fills with white noise. You close your eyes. What holds you back from the spirit realm? Zora chimes in. I sense a great resistance. What is the source of this resistance? The white noise forms an image. The image forms a memory. What is this memory? Take a breath in, then exhale. <sighs> Write down all that you've experienced. Date it with episode number and title. Write it down, even if you don't understand it. As you spend the rest of the week, I want you to consider what was presented to you. What is your relationship with the realm of spirits? I hope you receive benefit from this work. If it speaks to you, I hope you will stick around. Follow us on Twitter, sign up to Patreon, like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a thoughtful review. These actions help others to find a podcast. And as always, thank you for your support. <laughs>